I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go. We on a road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on a road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good day, and welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Brendan Ertle. Today, I'm alongside the great co-host, Nate Williamson. Nate, say what's up. You're too kind. What's going on, guys? Today, we're going to be previewing the Saints traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. Uh, before we really get into that, I want to talk about what the division looks like for the NFC South next week. And that starts off with the Chargers going to Tampa Bay. And that is a matchup where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to come out with a W. Uh, who's going to be starting at quarterback? We don't know. And when you don't know who your quarterback is, that usually doesn't translate well in the field. So that's their situation there. Cardinals will travel to Carolina. Cardinals have been playing pretty well, but dropped a game against the Lions this past week. And Atlanta will be going to Green Bay, hopefully with an 0-4 start on Monday Night Football. So... I mean, what are your kind of thoughts about the NFC South next week and how important this game is for New Orleans? You know, the biggest thought that comes to me is we were sitting um, with a couple of my friends watching the, the last week's games and just who would have thought Atlanta would be about to start the season potentially 0-4. I never would have thought they would be 0-3. Mm-hmm. I, it's just insane. The NFC South is crazy. The schedule is hard for the entire division this year. Um, I'm glad the Saints are super deep because even tonight and well Thursday night when we're recording this Thursday night football, there's been stupid amounts of injuries. I mean, we saw Sam Darnold get hurt for a while and golly, the first thing that comes to my head, I think other than, wow, look at the Falcons is, uh, I just hope this division and especially the Saints can avoid some injury because it's been rough for the NFL these last couple of weeks and the Saints have been a little banged up too. So For a team that's dealt with some injury issues in the past, uh, hoping to keep those away, that's for sure. Yeah, last week was brutal for the NFL and pretty much any team who was playing in MetLife Stadium. And I'm not personally watching tonight's game because I'd rather be um, painting or doing something more productive (laughs) than watching 
uh, Brett Ripon and whatever their name is playing at quarterback. But that, that Matt Life field definitely has been something. But last week's injuries and the week before, just losing so many players uh, for the season, Nick Bosa, Christian McCaffrey's out for a while, Saquon Barkley, just big names like that. Saints have been able to, knock on wood, avoid the long-term injuries, but we got a lot of injuries right now. And that's kind of what I want to talk about first. Before we even talk about the Detroit Lions, I'm going to read off the injury report and um, get ready. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, starting off with our favorite on the injury report, Marcus Davenport was limited uh, yesterday, did not practice today because he hurt his toe. So uh, he's missed, what, three weeks because of an elbow and then gets oh, turf toe in yesterday's God. practice. So he did not practice. There's optimism that he could play, but yet another injury that sets him back. He was on pace to play against the Lions, and yet he is back on the injury report. Moving to Marshawn Lattimore, this gets better and better. He has a hamstring injury that he hurt, I think, earlier in this week's practice. He did not practice. Andrews Pete, of course, with the ankle, did not practice. He suffered in the Packers game. Jared Cook got injured in the Packers game. He did not practice. Junar Jenkins was limited earlier this week because of a sickness. Ends up today, he did not practice because of a shoulder injury. You get where I'm going here. Mike Thomas, our only bright spot, was limited with an ankle. Uh, We saw some videos of him running routes and running around. And that was pretty much the only positive thing from this injury report. But lots of um, names on there that you just make you want to do bad things to yourself. So (laughs) what are are your thoughts about that injury report and uh, losing possibly your top two corners? I know um, going into the season, we were thin at outside corner already, but going into Sunday without Latimer or Jenkins. Yeah, that's ugly. That's ugly. And you know, I think it's kind of an odd thing to say, okay, we're going to compare the or the situation that this position is in uh, to another position. But, you know, when we look at the Saints defensive line, um, it's a good thing Trey Hendrickson has really ramped up production. And these guys that are coming in in certain shifts have ramped up that production because with Davenport out and, you know, Cam Jordan relatively ineffective, well, I would say completely ineffective almost, um, in terms of productivity on this defensive line, it's a really damn well good thing that he's stepped up. And, you know, I think that's going to have to happen with the cornerback room as well. Uh, I think you could see like P-Rob and uh, definitely um, uh, C.D. Deuce. Uh, I, I was thinking about his name and what we were calling him uh, <laughs> now for a second there. But, you know, guys that may not traditionally even be one of the corners that you look to to go in and shut down a top receiver – you might be looking at them to step up and say, hey, we're just going to have to scheme this one out and get by this week or this two weeks until we get a needed some rest because, man, it hurts. You know, Lattimore has been bad, but how much worse is losing Lattimore entirely? Because that's that's three or four times as worse, no doubt. Not to mention uh, Janoris Jenkins, who has been, you know, by my counts, pretty solid overall, um, at least as for what you would expect a corner two to be. Um, this season so that that's a huge drop and you know probably my other biggest thought other than that is a how lucky are we that Mike Thomas is absolutely insane and is probably going to end up coming back and playing um, like it or not that's just the kind of person that he is but b we could have had Lamar Jackson 
<laughs> but we got Marcus <laughs> Davenport. We could have traded two first-round picks and had Lamar Jackson. That's it. That's that's my soap opera. I'm going to harp on that probably for the next – as long as Marcus Davenport is a saint. What an utter waste of draft picks. What an uh, utter waste. Yeah, I actually posted a video of um, – I edited in Lamar Jackson's name when uh, they announced – that 14th pick where they traded two first to select Marcus Davenport. But in an absolute perfect world, Marcus Davenport isn't on the injury report coming into this game. I don't know if he actually starts. I don't know if he would start over Trey Henderson. I just don't know if it's, I'm I'm not, I don't want to say fair, but I just, I think it's hard to take Trey Hendrickson out just because he's probably been their best defense lineman right now. I don't know where you'd put Davenport in right now. Probably filter him in. Uh, for Trey and even yeah. Cam Jordan. I, I know Cam Jordan's done little to nothing, uh, but Sean Payton said he's been getting these double teams and chips from tight ends and running backs. But, yeah, that's an excuse. But, he, I mean, he's done that his whole career, and for some reason he's been blatantly quiet. Mm-hmm. But like you said, going back to Lattimore, there was a game, uh, I want to say it was Monday Night Football against the Redskins when, uh, excuse my language, the Washington football team, um, when Careful. Drew Brees broke the <laughs> the passing yards record, and I want to, I don't know, I don't remember who was opposite Lattimore in that game, but Lattimore went out for a few plays, and the opposite corner was also out, and we saw Justin Hardy featured at corner in that game, and if we come down to Lattimore and Jenkins not being able to go, we could possibly see Justin Hardy, the special teams ace, getting some time, because um, I know they're not very confident with PJ outside. Uh, Patrick would definitely probably see a start out there as well. But it's a testament to the talent they have on the outside, and they need to get these guys healthy. And uh, this next injury report will say a lot, but having Michael Thomas back would be huge for this offense. I know all the narrative in the NFL right now is Drew Brees' arm, he's washed, he's terrible. I, I think that narrative will be gone when Michael comes back. And I know Michael doesn't run these 15, 20-yard routes, but he just opens up the passing game. These little routes that Drew has missed, I think it's just in terms of trust. He, I mean, you know, with Deontay Harris, he runs things differently than Michael Thomas probably would. Of course, uh, we saw on a slant that uh, Deontay just took way too long to make that cut and the ball's in the dirt. It's, it's just a testament to how good Michael Thomas is. And if this was a perfect world and they beat the Raiders – they somehow beat the Packers. They play well, but they beat the Packers, and they are three uh, zero. I say sit them because this game isn't as important as it usually would be. But now we're sitting in this position where if we lose this game, we're not fighting for the NFC South. We're fighting for a freaking wild card spot. We're fighting for to be able to chance to have a a chance to the playoffs. I mean, period. They have the Chargers after that, but that this bye week is actually so much more important than we we thought because of all these injuries. And it becomes a really tough place for the Saints. Yeah, we knew this team at, at its healthy stage was probably the best roster in the NFL in terms of overall talent and then especially depth of talent, like you were saying with Justin Hardy. I mean, Justin Hardy, if he hadn't chosen to stick around and re-sign with the Saints, could be playing in a cornerback position at another team. I have no doubt about that. I saw him do it for four years at Illinois um, even saw him play some wide receiver as well. He's just got that – he's got a drive that these guys that just hang around in the NFL, whether they're great or not, just they all seem to have, and he's definitely got that. 
Um, so that, yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't doubt seeing him get a couple reps, you know, um, if they're both out, there's no, no doubt he's going to be out there um, for me, especially, and I don't mean to, you know, down the lions or say, Oh, it's just the lions. Cause Matt Stafford still got a lot in the tank and they still have a lot of playmakers, but uh, especially, you know, against a team like the Lions. You know, you're not playing the Packers again for another week. And thank God for that. Um, <laughs> because it was an okay showing on some points of the ball, and it was a close game, I know, but our defense was abysmal in that entire game. And I had to sit at a restaurant with my best friend, who is a Packers fan, listening to him. Uh, he's also – his second team is the Saints, but, man, it sure didn't feel like it that night. He, he was going <laughs> ham. Uh, about that but yeah i yeah man it's that bye week is gonna come in such handy and uh Mm -hmm. that that's really what it comes down to you gotta fight through these next couple of weeks and you gotta have guys step up cam jordan is meant to be the second or third best player on this team and you know at his best and that is just the kind of cam jordan we need to see again you know and you need continued uh production from guys like t-rex hendrickson don't get me wrong but you know, your main guys have to step up. And when Mike Thomas comes back, I think it's going to add a whole new level to uh, this offense because, I mean, he's the best receiver in the NFL, um, arguably. And, you know, that always adds something. But especially for Drew Brees, that'll add his ideal number one target that he needs. Um, Truthfully, I'm going to keep it right down the road. The Drew Brees conversation, is he washed? Is he still great? You know, He's still great. Don't get me wrong. And he's not washed. I don't think we've seen the end of Drew Brees by any means. But this entire offense has looked bad. The offensive line has not looked great. We've got drop passes. We've got everything. The lack of Michael Thomas. The only bright spot in that offense is Alvin Kamara. And that shows a lot. And you got to give Drew a little credit for what he's working with, um, especially with no preseason and stuff like that. I think by the end of the season, that conversation about what's Drew Brees like right now is going to be gone. I, I, I really do. I think there's some overreaction. He hasn't been great, but there's definitely some overreaction to that. But well, the Lions are a great test for him as well. He's going to be going up against their number one cornerback in Jeffrey Okuda, who is a rookie. So it, it, it'll definitely be a, te- a chance for him to kind of show that veteran leadership and kind of work uh, to get back to what we expect out of Drew Brees in 2020. Yeah, I think this week is a great opportunity. No knock on the Lions. I think this week's a great opportunity if Michael Thomas is back uh, for Drew to kind of get back in that groove. I, I, I definitely don't think he is washed, like you said, or anything. But I think he has faced some tough challenges so far this season. And if it was, if we were three and out, I don't think we're really talking about Drew Brees throwing down the field too much because this is usually, honestly, what what we're used to seeing. And it's definitely a bigger dose of Alvin Kamara dump-off passes. But if you're screaming at your TV, stop doing it to Kamara, I mean, something wrong with you. Yeah, you're just because wrong. Makes you're literally just wrong, you know. Yeah, I agree. You, you, you can never uh, sit back and say that play was bad to Kamara because if he slips one tackle and gets a first down, it's a good play. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it works. But uh, going back to what you said about the defense being terrible last week, uh, that's something that needs to be fixed. And I also wrote, wrote an article today about the penalties that's been a problem for the Saints. It's been maybe the biggest problem thus far. And we, I was looking at, I dug deep into the defensive penalties around the NFL, and the Saints sit at nearly 300 yards of total defensive penalties. And the next highest team was the New York Jets with literally half of that. And 
less than half of that. And uh, number of penalties in the NFL, the Saints were at 24. The Cardinals have 27, but the Saints have literally 100 more yards than the Cardinals of total penalties. Saints sit at 331, and the Cardinals sit at 237. And that's something that 300 yards, that's 21 points that you're just hand, that's end zone to end zone three times, and then you're starting off a new drive. That's on your way to 28 points that you've just handed to the teams. And it's something that needs to be addressed, but also is a fact that I don't want to sit here and harp on the rest, but it's definitely been some questionable calls in the Saints. Uh, looking at last week, the Malcolm Jenkins horse caller was one of the – it was horse crap. That's what it was. It, he had his hand very low on that jersey. And Emmanuel Sanders, we don't see players usually harp on the refs too much because they're going to get fined. And he kind of he kind of took a little jab at him. He said, I've never seen these type of calls that they're calling on a team over and over and over again. And he said, like, I see a running back running down the, running down the sideline, and I see the cornerback get held, and I know the ref sees it, but they don't throw it. And mm-hmm. that's frustrating. And it kind of gets in your head. If you've ever played football and you know the refs aren't going your way, it gets frustrating, and that's when the play starts to decline. I think that's part of the reason Marshawn had such a tough time because they know if they touch, if they grab, they're going to get a holding. So they're just trying to make sure they do everything perfect, and that can lead to getting burnt like they did a few times. Junoris sometimes just flat out just held them. I mean, it's a mental thing. That's something that needs to be fixed. And they have a tough tax this week in Galladay and Marvin Jones, and they need to do their best not to grab and hold because the league's out to get them. It's, it's not an opinion. It's literally a fact that they are um, – they're going to look at everything the Saints do a little bit with a magnifying glass a little bit harder. So that's kind of what I want to talk about, just the penalties and how bad they've played before we talk about the Lions. So, yeah, it's rough, but nothing we can do. The refs it, are the refs. It is, man. It, it's frustrating. I'm not usually one to, you know, play a victim Carter to, to lament my soul about the referees because they're going to be awful and they're going to be awful always. And, you know – but I it just I was talking the other day, you know, just out of something humorous to break that break the mood, you know. All right, week one, no problems, right? All good. Playing a Tom Brady that had departed New England, who historically has had all kinds of penalties go their way. Week two, playing Oakland, brand new stadium, Roger Goodell in attendance. Irony? I don't know. Week three. We're playing Green Bay, who also historically has had a lot of calls go their way. It's just it. Sometimes it's gotta give. It's gotta give. You know, sometimes your bad luck is gonna continue for a couple weeks, and sometimes your bad luck is planned to continue for a couple weeks. But <laughs> really, it's just it's rough, man. It's rough and it's frustrating. But penalties are not. The defense has been bad. And I think some of that drops as the season goes on. You know, this is a big reason that I'm a fan of the preseason, at least having two games of preseason. Um, I know a lot of people and a lot of players want to get rid of it completely, but we see more injuries. We see more penalties. It's, and, and it's always going to be the case that anytime you're ahead of the New York Jets in a negative defensive stat, yeah, you're <laughs> not going to win games. You just aren't because they are the pit of the NFL right now. And watching this game tonight has definitely confirmed that for me. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the game, but on Twitter, I see Trevor Lawrence jet jerseys. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that pretty much explains it for me. 
Um, well, if the Saints lose to Detroit, we're just going to start seeing Trevor Lawrence Saints <laughs> jerseys too. So don't be afraid when that happens. Yeah, I will not be afraid. But uh, <laughs> let's actually start talking about our opponent this week. I feel yeah. like we should do that. The yeah. Detroit Lions, who are they matter. Like us, yeah, they matter as well. They are one and two, but they could easily be two and one. Um, we go back to the Bears game. I believe that was week one. Wide open touchdown pass to DeAndre Swift just right through his hands. Uh, ball game. They lose. So they set at one and two, and they beat a very good Arizona Cardinals team, which I was actually very surprised about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this isn't a walk in the park game. I looked at the pass game when they played the Lions, and they were absolutely destroying them. It was 45 10. It was all Saints. It was Marshawn's rookie year. He had a pick six. And if they didn't win that game, we would still be talking about this game in NFL history as like the biggest blown lead in history because they had a 35 point lead that was wiped in literally like six minutes. Like mm-hmm. it, it was 45 10, and then it was 45 38. And then Cam Jordan got that pick six tip pass, and that was pretty much the game. But Detroit had the ball. And they could have went down and tied that, and I don't know if they would have won after that. It was just crazy having a 35-point lead wiped in the fourth quarter. It's a little bit ridiculous. But, I mean, it's a testament to Matt Stafford and how good he's been. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL just because he hasn't had good teams. But he, for some reason, he's always gashing the Saints. So, I mean, Stafford's not a walk in the park at all, especially if your corners are banged up or mm-hmm. not even playing at all. So, how about the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest storyline for me with this Detroit team is going to be, like I said earlier, Jeffrey Okuda and how he lines up. If we do see Mike Thomas, it'll be Jeffrey Okuda against Mike Thomas, um, two former Ohio State guys, which is also kind of funny, but also just two incredible players overall. Okuda, one of the best players I've ever had the opportunity to watch in college. And uh, But second to that, we're still staying in the same realm, Desmond Trufant who the Saints are very familiar with and have torn up <laughs> quite a few times over the years, is actually practicing now he was injured uh but he practiced on a limited basis yesterday well when we're recording this so back on wednesday but uh so it'll be interesting to see how he comes in and how they can affect you know uh mike thomas emmanuel sanders who has just been almost a non-factor these last couple of weeks which is weird you never thought we'd be saying that at this point in the season um but when mike thomas comes back i think it'll open a lot of things um for e-man but you know, that's a lot of the storyline for me. I agree. I think Matt Stafford is one of the most underrated quarterbacks. He has always had horrible teams around him. Um, and I think, honestly, before they're successful, Stafford, uh, as long as he stays around with the Lions, I wish he would have gotten out there a lot sooner, similar to Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. Um, I, you know, truthfully, I think Matt Patricia is going to have to go. And there, there's a lot of chat about that right now as well. Matt Patricia coaching for his job right now. Um, especially with the dissent that's in that locker room. And if you let that team come out and bully you around, they're going to get some momentum behind them. And the Saints would be in a horrible place if they let that happen um, to the point where you got to start considering who needs to be out there on that field. What do we need to change? But yeah, I, I think this is a huge opportunity for the Saints, but it is a gigantic opportunity for Detroit to come out and steal a big game because, you know, you never know. Um, when the Saints play the Bears, when the Saints play the Vikings, you know, stuff like that. Weird things are going to happen uh, in an, an across-division NFC South, NFC North. Um, so if they can come out and steal, I think they like the look of their season going forward, especially a lot brighter um, because it would require a huge game from Jeff Okuda. Uh, and if they do beat the Saints, that's the promising spot for them. They're going to be looking for Okuda uh, down the line. If he has a big game, 
the Saints are going to rely even more on Kamara than what we are already expecting them to against the Lions team that's not great against the run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking on that Detroit defense, it's it's not strong on a lot of levels. I think it's good on some. Uh, I've I've only heard I haven't seen Okuda play, but I've only heard from Detroit writers that he hasn't played well at all. Mm-hmm. And I think Michael Thomas loves the competition of former Ohio State players or LSU players or just top tier school guys, and he likes to go out there and just destroy him. So if he does go out and play, I think he'll have a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he was on the 17 Weeks podcast with Nate Burleson this past week, I want to say, after the after the Packers game. And he said when Drew Brees went over and hugged him after that touchdown, that he said, this is the icebreaker for us Go, moving forward. This is going to be big connection or something like that. He said, like, this is the icebreaker. And that's kind of what, like, the announcer said. And that's what it kind of felt like in in my head, that that was the first big real catch by Manuel Sanders in a Saints uniform. He had a few before he had the touchdown against the Buccaneers. But that one was like a big, like, stand up and let's go. Like, that was a big play. And moving forward, I think he could be a big piece. Uh, we said we saw in week one, he said, I only know 85% of the playbook. Mm-hmm. And he didn't play a ton. So that 15%, you're running routes out there not confident. And when you're not confident of the, of the playbook, you're going to be running 75% because you don't want to run, run the wrong route. And I love Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's a great receiver. He is an elite wide receiver two slash slot wide receiver. He is not a good wide receiver one. Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver one. And that tandem together, 100% healthy, can be dominant. And I think this is a good week to do it against Trufant and Okuda. I like those guys. Those are pretty good players. But they're going to face better, especially like the Packers with Jerry Alexander and Kevin King. Those were some top-tier guys. And I think they could start to get a little bit of a rhythm. And talk about rhythm, I think this is a big week for the running game because Detroit, if there's been a weak spot, it's been that running game. Aaron Jones had the mm-hmm. best game of the year for running back against them. And I think Sean Payton needs to uh, shorten that playbook a little bit and get a lot more ISOs and powers for Latavius and Alvin Carrera because Latavius in that Green Bay game was just gashing the Packers every single time. And, of course, once they start to get down a little bit, they just shy away from the run like they've done every game. And I think if they can come out, get an early lead, just run the football, run the clock out. You don't have to score 35 points to win this game. Run the football. Let them know that you can actually be effective running the football. And we'll see a lot of Cesar Ruiz and Nick Easton in this game too. So I'm looking for them to run the freaking football. Yeah, I I like what you said about them playing um, some solid – secondary pieces against when they went against the Packers last week because you know a lot of the film from last week's game showed the Packers did an excellent job at not letting Drew Brees throw the ball downfield you know that blanket coverage that we saw probably three out of four plays was so good and and their pass rush obviously we know has some guys that can really get into the backfield Um, even from the corner position we saw uh, some guys get back there and really cause chaos against this offensive line that has shifted in so many players due to quick injuries or long-term injuries, you know, and even when the saints did dial up a shot play that looked like it was going to work, the Packers cornerbacks had it covered and their safeties did a hell of a job as well on limiting that, you know, the only long play they really let up was that 52 yard Camara touchdown. Um, And, you know, moving to Camara, like you said, Detroit ranking 30th in total um, rushing and uh, running back yards allowed, I think is actually the stat. But 
you know, him and they struggled against Cohen. They struggled against Aaron Jones. The shifty running backs have really given them a lot of problems. Uh, and I'm not sure there's a better shifty running back than Alvin Kamara, um, especially when you throw Latavius Murray's hard nose straight down the gap, kind of shove it down your throat twice over um, running style into play. I think it's going to open up a lot of things. And if they can get all three of those assets clicking at once, the Saints offense is one of the best in the league. Uh, so I, I think you're right. I think it's going to uh, revolve a lot around this offensive line. I think you come right out and try and dominate, uh, you know, nothing cute. You get right out, you send Latavius up the middle, you send Kamara out wide um, and you try and run the score up early uh, and get your defense into a swing. You know, don't make them be on the field for a long time. Uh, give them time to rest, but don't dilly dally getting down the field because uh, Matt Patricia and his team are looking for blood and they're coming out to capitalize on the same team. That's <laughs> their record is just almost unbelievable at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what we would have thought at the head early season, uh, it, it, it's almost unbelievable. There's blood in the water. And uh, usually you don't think of lions as being in the water, but the lions are coming like they're sharks. So yeah, they're, they're going to require some consistent production. And this might be the game where we see Drew Brees turn it loose. It really might. You know, we had all that raving in preseason. I don't think it's for nothing. I think they legitimately meant it. Uh, especially if Mike Thomas comes back, this offense is set up for a big, big week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like you said about the defense, um, getting gashed uh, against the Packers, that came from quick drives from the offense. They're three and out. They're three passes. They're off the field. And as a defender, you're on for a long Packers drive, and then you sit down for three plays, and you're right back on. That's when – I don't know if you noticed, but that's when the touchdowns came off of – the big plays came off the Saints defense is when they're tired. They just want to break, and the Saints offense – it can be very effective. Uh, I think Sean Payton sometimes, I love him to death, but he's just trying to help the Drew Brees cause of let's throw the football a little bit more. And there was a drive where it was three plays, all drops, pun the football. And it wasn't a great punting game from Thomas Morissette. It's not mm-hmm. usually how it goes, but your defense is right back on the field. So if they can come out and just run the football, they don't, the narrative of Drew Brees not throwing deep, it really doesn't matter. There was a stat that I think Pro Football Focus posted of average depth of throws for teams. And some of the teams were these top teams like the Niners, the Rams are playing well. Um, And you look at the bottom of the league of average, uh, the higher average, and it was like the Vikings, the the Seahawks, and that was just because Seahawks just like to air it out. Yeah, that's Uh, their old style. Yeah. Talk about Seattle, geez, no defense at all. Yeah. Um. So they have to air it out. Poor but Russ. that's not that's that's not the Saints. That's not the Saints game to Mm-mm. chuck it. And there was a play against Tampa Bay when Drew Brees threw an absolute no. Emmanuel Sanders was not open. It was double coverage, and he's just like, "You want a deep pass? Here's a freaking deep pass." And if they're not open, don't throw it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's there was chances where, okay, if you threw this perfectly. In between these two coverages, he could have fed it to Manuel Sanders. He could have taken a shot to the fullback if the safety did this. It's like, it's not necessary. If it's there, it's there. And I feel like Taysom did come in for one play. I thought maybe that would be a shot play. Um, ended up taking off the course because he's Taysom Hill. But I, I, I could see uh, Taysom Hill having a bigger role in this game too. Just if they want to run the football, just give him some few reps. Uh, I know fumbling the football is not – it's not him. 
Uh, it was a good play by Zadarius Smith to pop that thing out. But mm-hmm. he's a he good had a hell of a game overall. Yeah. Zadarius Smith did, yeah. That entire defense of Green Bay is coming together really nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to mention the the coaching that was so successful at limiting Drew Brees and the Saints. You know, uh, yeah, three headed running monster. Uh, at least you know, give give it to whoever wants it on the end around or whatever, but come out and run it down their throat. That's the only way to do it this game. You know, there was a time where Drew Brees needed to throw 40, 45 passes a game. It's just not how it is anymore. You have Alvin Kamara, you have Latavius Murray, you have this awesome, in theory, offensive line. You got to trust them. And Sean Payton, I love the guy to death, of course. You just can't get too cute when you're a running team. Uh, And without Michael Thomas, that's what you are. That's just how it is. (laughs) Sounds weird that we're a running team. I don't yeah, think I've, I would it? have ever, I would have ever thought about that. But it, it felt like for the past few years we were kind of involving into a running team, and, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, but the big thing is, uh, the thing we've seen that this that's just killed the Saints' offense is these pass rushes. Uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith just causing pressure, causing Drew Brees to having to throw it faster than he wants to. Uh, another reason this could be a big game for Drew is because Detroit doesn't really have that premier pass rusher or interior defense lineman at all. Um, none are even coming to my head right now. They have Deshaun Hand. He was limited in practice this week with a hand injury, I think. That was kind of funny. Uh, but, but not a ton of pressure, and I think they'll have to dial up some heat. And when you have to dial up heat with other players, that's when things start to open up. Uh, Drew Brees is usually good against the blitz as well. So, yeah, it could be a big game for Kamara. It could be a good, big game for the Saints offense. But the biggest thing is just the importance of winning this game. They have the Detroit Lions next – or they have the Los Angeles Chargers next, excuse me. <laughs> Two and in then, a row? Yeah, that, that would have sucked. <laughs> and then they go to their bye, and then they have the Panthers and then the Bears. And these – I feel like, personally, they got to go 4-0 in these next four games. These are not – difficult games where you circle on the schedule and be like okay that one's going to be a hard one because right out of that then they get the bucks the 49ers they have the falcons twice they have the eagles and the chiefs the vikings it just gets tough and if they don't find a way to at least go three and one or four and oh they're gonna have a hard time getting out of the nfc just because of the talent that's in our division mm-hmm. i'm talking about just the bucks basically um yeah <laughs> and then the way seattle and green bay has been playing is pretty impressive as well so next four games got to be wins yeah especially as the Buccaneers go against some teams that won't be walkovers you know it's uh, in three weeks uh, it's going to be time for the Buccaneers to play the Packers and you know um, then after that they go on the road and play the Raiders so you you know teams that aren't going to be pushovers and you know you win these next four games we'll see what the division looks like then you know the Buccaneers could go 4-0 if they do all power to them but at some point uh, it's in your own hands whether you're gonna be fighting for this division or not. You gotta correct those penalties and you gotta really stick your nose to the grindstone and keep going. Yeah, is the season over? Absolutely not. They still have a great opportunity. Like Emmanuel Sanders has said, they still have something special. Um, it's still a Super Bowl season we all had in mind, but it's just not the start mm-hmm. we had in mind. We still got the players, we still got the personnel. We don't have the roster of the New York Jets. We don't need to go get Trevor Lawrence. We have everything we need. We just gotta put it together. And no OTAs, no real training camp or preseason. It's going to hurt some teams. And Saints never really start hot anyway. So this is just a product of all that combined. So hopefully we can start to get back on track. We had some glimpses of very good play against Green Bay. But overall, 
not very good. Get hot at the right time and a lot of things open up for you. Absolutely. Well, that pretty much does it for today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, next week or after the game, we hope to have some good news and talk about how good Emmanuel Sanders played, how good Kamara played. Michael Thomas came back and looked great. The mm-hmm. Saints defense had less than five penalties. Cam Jordan with four sacks at the end of the game. <laughs> four sacks, a pick six like he did last time. <laughs> Just all these great things. But I won't get my hopes up too much. But any any last words, Nate? Anything? No, nah, any man. A win's a win. Who dat? Let's go. Just, just find a way to f- to win the freaking game. That's all I gotta say. Just if it's ugly, it's ugly. Just, just win this game. They just, I don't care. Just win it. Well, that does it for today's podcast. Again, I'm Brendan. He's Nate. You can follow us on Twitter. You guys know our Twitters. If you don't by now, shame on you. Check us out. Canonical Chronicles. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Who that? Who that? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop. Don't we know that?